excited to get started. Um, I'm going to pray, and uh, then let's get into it. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for one year. Thank you for the vision that you've given us for Limitless Church. And thank you for seeing to it that you, yourself, fulfill the vision. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for opening the windows of heaven over Woodland, California. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know you got your babies with you, so I won't keep you long. Um, but I thought it was important that we talked a little bit today about vision. Um, I, when we, when we started thinking and we started talking about what Limitless Church would be, what's up, right? And we started talking about what it would look like. I remember speaking to my wife and telling her that I wanted to, so I think the Lord told us to, to plant a church. And uh, she was like, um, yeah, well, you know, I'm glad he told you that. <laughs> and it was some time where we had to pray and we had to really see if this is what, what God wanted us to do and what he was calling us to do at the time. I was a Christian hip-hop artist, and I traveled around the world, and I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed standing on stages, turning the music up incredibly loud, and jumping up and down for about 15 to 20 minutes, and everybody else doing it with me. I enjoyed that very much. I enjoyed traveling and, and seeing people come to the knowledge and the joy of Jesus Christ. I enjoyed that very much, and so when I had an opportunity to assist as a youth pastor and become a youth pastor, I continued to do that. Had an opportunity to go over to Elk Grove and serve again in various areas, but I still had some opportunities to do music, and I remember during the pandemic, I began to have conversations with some people here in the city, and I remember I was at the GNC over on, on Pioneer, and and I began to ask the, the person behind the counter how they were doing, and it was obvious that they wanted to engage in further conversation. But I had to make my way back. I, I had things that I had to do. I was still at work, and so I had to go. I had to come back. Went to the sourdough about a week later and had the same feeling. I'm like, man, I found myself longing to pursue conversations about Jesus with people here in this city. And I remember that I went to a, the Food for Less. And I'm in the Food for Less, and I have my son Cadence with me. And uh, I'm not one of those people who, who just, I don't yell out, God said, to, told me to do stuff a lot. I think people who do that a lot are weird. But... Um, <laughs> I, I'm not one of those people. And so I'm in Food for Less, and I'm, I'm, uh, we're making some hot dogs that day, and I like Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce with my hot dogs. So I was in the aisle getting some, getting some Sweet Baby Ray's sauce, and I specifically heard the Lord tell me not to move. Now, I watch a lot of TV. Um, when the Lord tells you not to move, it could be for various reasons. And that was the day I didn't want to find out what that reason could be. So when he told me not to move, I'm like, you ain't got to say it twice. I'm going to stand right here 
to you say something, and a young lady begins to walk up, and she sees uh, my son there in the, uh, in the cart, and she begins talking to him, and uh, she asked me about him. I said, yes, this is my son, Cadus. This is my miracle boy, and uh, he is uh, uh, one years old, and we're, we're just out here just getting some barbecue sauce. And she says, why did you call him your miracle boy? And I said, well, he was uh, born at one pound, 11 ounces. He was a preemie. Um, uh, he, he stayed in the NICU for 52 days, and he had to endure a long and grueling process uh, just so that he could come home. And so he's, it's a miracle that he's here. I remember the night before uh, she was born, uh, he was born, uh, the, the Lord spoke to my wife and gave her a word. And we've stuck with that word the entirety of his life. And as I'm telling her this story, she begins to cry. And I said, is everything all right? Did I, uh, did I say something to offend you? I'm sorry. I know, you know some people ask how you're doing, and you give them a long story. That's not really what they was looking for, but, you know. <laughs> and she said, she said, I'm crying because I, I came in the store today, and my husband is with me. And as I was in the store earlier today, I was telling him that I was at a low place in my faith. I had been believing God for a child for so long. And honestly, today I had given up. I had given up on what I thought the Lord would be able to do. And she began to tell me her story. And once she finished, I said, I really believe that the Lord has you here for a purpose. I said, let me tell you something. I said, God loves you so much. I said, I was supposed to be at Costco, but Costco was closed. And when I came down this aisle, the Lord told me not to move. I said, that's how much God loves you. And I said, I, 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 it would, it would, I said, can I pray for you? I said, I really believe the Lord wants me to pray with you. She calls her husband over. I get the opportunity to pray with them and, and send them on their way. And I walked out that day and I said, there is nothing that I do on any day that is better than what just happened here. And I believe that this is what the Lord called us to do for the rest of my life. One year ago, we walked into this building with a vision. It was a big vision, a vision that some people would have deemed impossible. But when you serve a God who specializes in impossibilities, that's a perfect place to be in. We desired that day to begin building a body of believers that would live, love, and grow limitlessly in every area of their lives. We, we wanted to be a church that when people walked in the doors, they would say, there is something different about this place. There's something different happening here. We wanted to be a place where uh, uh, people, we would genuinely love people without any pretense, without any strings attached. We wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community, to see revival happen in our homes, in our marriages, in our kids, in our families, and in this city. Today, we stand here as a result of God's faithfulness, as a result of his goodness, as a result of his word. We believed by faith. We committed to his plan, and every week, God is opening the hearts and minds of people who walk in these doors. Every week, I get an opportunity to hear stories about people whose lives have been changed as a result of them coming in contact with Limitless. 
And when I hear these stories, when I hear the stories of healings, when I hear the stories of marriages being restored, when I hear the stories of people who, who have made a decision to recommit their life to Jesus, I'm reminded of the scripture in Philippians 1 verse 6. I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. I remember when God affirmed the call for us to plant this church and began to have conversations about this idea that I had, and I reached out to our worship leader, Miss Jessica, and her husband, Anthony, who runs our lighting department. They were the very first Team Limitless members before there was even a Team Limitless. I called Jessica when I was still at Thrive. I said, look, don't tell nobody, okay? But I think, I think God has called me to plan a church. Because the first thing you need, you need somebody who's saying. I said, Jessica, they don't want me up there singing. Trust me, Jess. And she decided to come and join us, and she's still here with us to this day. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. I remember when we had our first interest meeting, and I was so excited because people had came. We had some good food. People came. Everyone was excited. And I remember how excited we were. And then I remember when it was over, we only had one commitment card after that, that interest meeting. But we were still excited. We were excited because we knew that God was going to do something and it was his power that was going to cause it to happen. Little did we know that even though we had one commitment card that day, that on April 2nd of 2021, we would have 60, over 60 volunteers and five core leaders to walk us into our very first service. When we made the decision to move to Saturdays after exhausting every possible option, we didn't know who was going to stay, who was going to go, who was going to be here. But here we are, four months later, still going strong and still seeing the faithfulness of God. Today, we stand here stronger in our faith. We stand here in awe and in proof of what God has done in just one year. We've had over 5,000 people walk through these doors and hear the message of Jesus. We've had 15 people make decisions to go public through baptism. We've sponsored local and overseas missionaries. We've been able to help countless families during their time of struggle with food and rent assistance and clothes and toys. This is who we are. This is Limitless Church. And even as that, I understand that some of you might be new. Maybe you haven't been with us this whole year. Maybe you've just joined us because you saw a Facebook message or an Instagram message, or maybe you saw one of our live streams or you got a flyer in the mail, but you're here, and we appreciated that. And maybe you're not familiar with what the vision of Limitless is and, and what, what God has called us to do. You may be new to faith, and you're like, I don't even understand why you keep saying vision. What does that mean? Simply put, what is the purpose that God has uniquely placed us here for in this time, in this season, and in this city? What is the vision for our church? 
Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. And the Lord answered me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that he may run, he may, he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It, is, it, it, it hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. See, he, he told him to write it down and make it clear so that whoever reads it could run with it. The reason that this is important is because vision is the destination on the map of purpose. And the one thing that any leader will tell you is that vision must be visible and vision must be repeated because vision is always leaking. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, and the King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. At limitless, vision is valuable because it is the litmus test for everything that we do. So it is important that my people, my family, the people of limitless know the vision of limitless church. We've said it already several times tonight. The vision of Limitless Church is this, to take the limits off of the way that people see Jesus, faith, and the church. Whenever you have a conversation with someone about either one of these things, they always have a preconceived notion that usually is a result of a bad experience that they've had. You bring up Jesus, they start looking funny. They start talking funny. Well, yeah, I believe in, I believe in God too. And, and, you know, there are many ways. No, babe. No, boo-boo. No. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know, I met some people. Yeah, we're not talking about people. We're talking about Jesus. Take the limits off of the way that people see Jesus, off of the way that people see faith, off of the way that people see the church. Everything we do, every event, every decision that we make, from the way that we run our services to the way that we greet people, our goal is to change the way that people see Jesus' faith in the church. That has been our desire for year one, and we will continue that into year two and every year until the Lord sees fit. Now, how how are we going to accomplish that in year two? We've done a lot in year one. How will we accomplish that in year two? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking. It's such a great congregation. As a new church, there's been a lot of things that we've wanted to do. And we felt because we are a new church that we needed to settle in. And there are some things that not having a permanent home has made that difficult. But in year two, we are ready to go, and we are continuing to move forward with the vision of Limitless Church. A couple of things that we want to do this year, um, a lot of you have asked about a small group gathering and, or another gathering in the, in the week, and this year we want to move on that. In addition to our services, we're going to be starting a weekly gathering called The Table. For those who have been here uh, during our pre-launch service, this was something that we did and we're bringing it back. This is where we come together and we talk about life, we talk about leading, and we talk about limitless. This past year, uh, we launched the Limitless Life podcast. A lot of you have been uh, replaying that and, and listening to that. I appreciate that. 
The Limitless Life podcast is a podcast that is available on all platforms where you could hear our sermons. This year, we want to up the ante on the Limitless Life podcast. We're not just going to have sermons there, but we're going to have conversations where we're talking about faith, where we're talking about family, where we're talking about current events, where we're talking about how to walk out a limitless life as a believer. That's what we're going to be doing. This year, we want to increase our community events and our outreaches. Last year, we were, able, we, was able, we were able to do a lot. We were able to feed people like never before. We were able to, to, to donate clothes and give haircuts and backpacks and all kinds of things. This year, we want to increase that. We had five that we did last year. This year, we want to do eight outreaches in our community. Amen. And lastly, this year, we want to increase our staff to assist us with the needs of the church and increasing, uh, uh, to assist us with the needs of the church. And we also want to increase our support for our local missionaries. Amen? Amen. But more important than all the things that we want to do, I think, is why. There are tons of things that we wanted to do, and I think I wanted to try to highlight some of the big things that we want to do. But more important than going down a list of things that we want to do, I think it's important that you know why we want to do these things. Why are these things important? Why do these things matter? It matters because there are people in our city and who will sit in these seats who are passed over every single day, who are hurting and who need to come to know the love of Jesus And places like The Table and and the Limitless Life podcast are areas where we can begin to be equipped with the tools to communicate that love and to show love to our community in a tangible way. It matters because our outreaches are opportunities to tell those that we meet who are in bondage that they don't have to be held captive any longer. That whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That it matters because God loves woodland. And it's our desire to spread that message to as many people as possible, as much as possible, as often as possible. It matters. It matters because there are students and young adults in our high schools and our college campuses who struggle with depression, who struggle with anxiety and addictions and all kinds of things. And they need to know that God has a plan for them, that God hasn't forgotten them, and that they can be set free. And when we support organizations like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and Davis Christian Fellowship, they can hear messages of Jesus. They can hear people who are engaged, and they can come in contact with community that is directly catered to them. It matters because there are people in our city who will sit in these seats who used to go to church, who used to believe, but life happened, disappointments happened, circumstances happened, and in some cases, people happened. And they need to know that although they might have lost faith in God, God hasn't lost faith in them. And when we add to our team, it helps us execute the vision. This is why these things matter. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says this. Before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. 
As we walk through this year, this has been the scripture that we have had to grab onto like never before. This has been my life. This has been my family's life, our volunteers' life for this whole year. Put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. In my first year pastoring Limitless Church, we have had some incredible victories. And with those victories have come some intense battles as well. Since April of last year, we've been believing God for a home. In December, I shared with you all the vision of the Limitless Life Center, a place where we would not only have services on on Sundays and Saturdays, but a place where we would be able to minister the love of God Monday through Friday, where people could come and they could get clothes if they need, they could get food if they need, they could get support if they need, they could get homework help if they need. I gave you the vision for the Limitless Life Center, and in two months, we raised $500,000 towards our goal of 1.5. We raised that money in a, in a only Jesus kind of way to help us build out the, the Limitless Life Center, and that wasn't the only victory. In March, we received a miracle approval of $1.6 million to purchase a property that we've had our eyes on. Hallelujah. God has been doing some amazing things. With that, with that uh, approval that we got and the approval of our board, we put in the offer for the asking price for what we believe to be the new Limitless Life Center. And I really, I really, really wanted to stand here today and tell you that we have our new home. But that is not the case. This has been a hard process for myself and my family. And our leadership team and our board and my friends, we have gone through it. And my wife and I have gone through it. But in faith, we still are believing God because he gave us the vision and the Limitless Life Center will come to pass. I'm going to read this again and now you'll understand why he says, Habakkuk 2, write the vision and make it plain so that he may run who reads it. Verse 3 says, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, just wait for it. Just wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. It will not delay. This year has been a year of walking by faith and holding on to the vision that the Lord has given us even though. When I didn't know what the best decision was, when I wasn't sure what the next move was, when, when I didn't understand why things were happening the way that they were happening, but in those moments, I chose, we chose to hold on to the vision. Hold on to the vision. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart 
And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, acknowledge, and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing all obstacles that block your way. And through every decision, through every hard moment, and even in every victory, this is what keeps us grounded. There is no doubt in my mind that the Lord has shown favor to Limitless Church. And every Saturday when you walk in these doors, you are a testament to God's faithfulness. We've done so much in this past year, and we believe that this year we will do even more. In order for us to fulfill the vision, the vision needs vessels. People who believe in the vision and are willing to help us move forward. There will be opportunities for you to partner with us all throughout this year. And we pray that you will. Whether it's your time, whether it's your giving, whether it's your prayers. But we need you. And some of you will ask, uh, uh, what can I do right now? What, what is it? Well, tell, tell me what you need. And some of you come up and ask, uh, what's the need? What can I do? And I will say this. Immediately, I am believing God for 25 new volunteers to help us in all areas of service. Two of our core values are excellence and rest. And when our service areas are full of volunteers who are ready to serve and able to move, we can move in excellence. And then when those are full, our team members are overwhelmed because they are able to rotate and get rest. My team will tell you I am very big on caring for my volunteers. Caring for our team and caring for our people is a big deal to us. We are believing God for 25 volunteers. And I want to close with this scripture. This scripture has been driving me personally, and it pushes me every day towards the vision that God has given us. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 13 through 20. 2 Kings here, uh, uh, talking to the prophet Elisha. And there's some craziness going on, and these kings have come together, and they've been doing their own thing. They've been wilding out. They've been tripping. And now they want to run to Elisha. Now they want to come back and talk to Elisha. Elisha says to the king of Israel, what business do you have with me? He said, no, don't come to me now. Don't, don't try to run this way now. Go to the prophets of your wicked father Ahab and to prophet of your pagan mother Jezebel. He talked about this man mama. Uh, to the prophets of your pagan mother Jezebel. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to be handed over to Moab. Elisha said, As the Lord of the host armies lives before whom I stand, were it not that I have regard for Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you, king of Israel. That's dirty. He said, I wouldn't even look at you if it wasn't for the homie. He said, but now bring me a musician. And it came about while the musician played that the hand, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. He said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley the Arabah full of trenches. 
For thus saith the Lord, you will not see wind or rain, yet that valley will be filled with water, so that you and your cattle and your other animals may drink. This is but a simple thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also hand over the Moabites to you. You will strike every fortified city and every principal city and cut down every good tree and stop up all sources of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. It happened in the morning when the sacrifice was offered that suddenly water came miraculously from the area of Edom and the country was filled with water. Say, what you talking about, Pastor Keenan? I got you. Elisha told them to dig the trenches. Make this valley full of trenches. In a dry, barren land, he told them to dig the trenches. He said, you won't see wind, you won't see rain, but the valley will be filled. He says, I'm going to supply everything you need. I'm going to perform a miracle like never before. And then he said, this is a simple thing in the sight of the Lord. He said, this, this light work. This, this, this easy right here. He said, this is simple. As I begin to ask the Lord, what would be the difference in this church? Each church in this city has something unique about them. I said, Lord, there's a bunch of churches around here. I don't know if we need another church. What is going to make this one different? I said, Lord, you're going to have to show me. He began to to tell me about our core values, that, that we would give practical uh, understanding of the word, that we would be a church that, 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 that has outreach, would be our initiative, that we would uh, uh, have and live lifestyles of worship in service and out of service, that we would operate in excellence and that we would, we would value rest. And I said, well, Lord, what should we do? He said, dig the trenches. He said, dig the trenches. Because the rain is coming. He said, I am going to pour out my spirit in the city of Woodland. And we need to be ready to receive the harvest. And see, the thing about trenches, the thing about when you're digging, and you can ask farmers, this is a farmer city, there might be some farmers in here. You don't dig the trenches when it's raining. Because when it's raining, it's too late. You've already missed what you were supposed to catch. If you want to receive the rain, you have to dig the trenches first. Prepare the ground to receive what you've been believing God for. There are over 50,000 people in this city that need to know the love of Jesus. We need to continue to dig the trenches it is time. It is time that we take the limits off of the way that they will see Jesus, off of the way that they will see faith, off of the way that they will see the church. It is time that the city of Woodland becomes limitless. Amen? Amen. 